Hi, this is Carolyn, and I'm here with Aaron, and this is National Tennis Month. Last week, we discussed how you can get your friends to start playing tennis, and this week, we're going to discuss how you can get people to start playing in leagues. I know Aaron and I both really enjoy playing in competitive USTA leagues, but not everyone can do that. So Aaron, how would you suggest people start playing in leagues? So there's a lot of different ways. Um you could uh there's a lot of meetup groups that yes. people find tennis yes. through, right? Mm-hmm. That's a really big one. Um we had Janie on a year or so ago and she uh eventually started playing USTA leagues and then becoming a coordinator, but she had like 1500 people at one point or something yes. on a meetup group. Mm-hmm. Remember that? And they yes. were meeting like, you know, every week or a couple times a week. So that's a huge one. And then what always happens in situations like that, you may start with the, you know, 200 meetup group friends and you always end up finding, you know, who your people are and who you want to form teams with and kind of whittle that down. But that's just a really good, I mean, you could do a meetup group about any subject. Um, So that's a really good way to find tennis in your area. Yes. In addition to meetup groups, you know, there's also social drinking leagues. So where you can just sign up and it's not competitive. It's more, you're just out there to drink and enjoy your times with friends. So you don't have to play competitive tennis every time you play. Mm Mm-hmm. USTA also has a group for like under 30. So do you remember, I think it was Alicia that told us that from USTA that even though I think her mom's like a 5-0 player, she doesn't want to play with people that are really a lot older than her. So you can find like the league that fits your age group that maybe you feel a little bit more comfortable with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Actually talking to her, I think think you and I both laughed because um, we playing 18 and over and now 40 and over, we thought, I think we made like a little joke saying like, we don't want to play the ladies that are 55 and over because they're so good. They're so crafty. And Alicia was like, well, my mom doesn't want to play like an 18 year old, you know, either. So it kind of like we understood everyone's in the same boat, right? 18 year olds don't want to play 30 or 40 year olds. 30-year-olds don't want to play 50-year-olds. 50-year-olds don't want to play 18-year-olds. Like, we all really want to play within our age group. So, yes, yeah, there's right. a lot of – it doesn't even it doesn't even have to be through USTA. It can be through your local CTA, which I know we talked about last week. Contact your local community tennis association, your CTA, because there are programs all over the country. Um, our local area has an under-30 league and, like you said, the social – I guess they call them beer leagues, you know, wine leagues, whatever you want to call them. And I know a lot of people that – they love the, that. Those are their favorite leagues. They don't right. even want to play competitive tennis. They are literally there to hit a ball, to get a little exercise. And they're there for the drinks, the mimosas, the whatever they're, you know, they're there for the social aspect. Yeah. And that is a really important part of tennis. Yes. And you do not have to play is. in a league. Yeah. In a league to play tennis every single week with your friends. You that's just, a, that's a great point. You know, have, yeah. Yeah. You, you just have to get outside And say you're going to play tennis, even if you don't maybe end up playing tennis sometimes. (laughs) That's right. But if you do want to play on a competitive league, maybe you're someone that does want to play in a competitive league, USTA does have the option now where you can sign up without a team. We learned from Marilyn Sherman and I think Danny Broadstreet from USTA that now USTA has an option where you can just go online, sign up as an individual, and then the team can find you. Yes. And it goes the other way too. So that's a really good point. If I am new to an area or all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? I haven't played for 20 years. I want to start playing. I want to find a group, but I don't know how to do that. 
definitely look, USTA's website is super robust and has all that information on there, but you can sign up for a team at whatever level you're playing at. You can, you know, get your rating or if you know your rating, sign up for a team. And then there's a box that is like, I am looking for a team. What did I call it before? Like it was tennis, tennis dating. dating. Yes. I thought that was so fun. Right. <laughs> I'm, I played I'm the looking for side. A team. I'm looking for the team. That's yeah. right. That's I'm ready to party. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it also goes for those of us that have captained in the past. If we want to start a team, but maybe we only have like, I remember, I don't know, a little bit ago, we were talking about forming a team, but I think we only had like six on level or something. But I remembered that Marilyn and Danny had told us about that, you know, the the fact that an individual player can find a team. But as a captain, you could form a team on USTA's website, and then you could leave your team, they called it open. Yeah. And then people could sign up on your team. Like you as a captain didn't necessarily have to go out and do all the legwork and find the people they could uh they could sign up and and basically pick your team you know pick your team that you're captaining yeah that's a great option so yeah and- it, it definitely it helps yeah it helps players and captains in that yeah. in that stamp in that sense and you can also sign up for tournaments too i mean if you don't have the time to sign up for a league where you want to play you know maybe you yeah. know you're going to travel a lot this year or you're not available but just certain weekends you can always find a tournament you can play in with friends Yeah. There's actually two things that made me think when you said that, Carolyn, there's two different things. Number one, one of the things I learned a couple weeks ago when we were in Atlanta with the USTA Southern um, folks was some people just play tournaments. And you and I remember we were sitting in a meeting and we kind of looked at each other like, oh, wow, not everybody plays just like we do. A lot of people just play tournaments all over. Yes, You know, it could just be in their area or they could do a little bit of traveling for it, which I think is really cool because I had just never thought about that. But the other thing that USTA does is not only do they run a whole bunch of tournaments all over the country, um, they have a new thing called a flex league. Well, I don't know how new it is, but it's called, uh, it's USTA flex league. And I was just reading up about it because I had a friend interested in signing up for flex league, but I, she was asking me for advice, but I wasn't, didn't know a lot about it. Yeah. I've never heard of it before. uh, I've never heard of flex league. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like what we talked about last week about getting your friends to start playing tennis and signing up for a tennis ladder. It's basically USTA's, um, I think, if I read it correctly, it's you can join a team and not have to show up every single week, you know, on the same day at the same time to be, to be part of a team. You can be on a flex league team and you get to pick when you can play. So it sounds like you work it out with your opponents. Oh, okay. And that's why they call it a flex league as opposed to like what you and I do, which is like, let's say we're on a Saturday, you know, 1 p.m. team in the spring. And those are the days that our matches are. And we may or may not be, may or may not be in the lineup. Flex league sounds like you pick your day and time to play. So you could still play in a league and it can still be competitive, but it does not need to be at the like. You know, if people travel for work or if they have right. other obligations, you know, on days, but they really want to be part of a team, which is really important to a lot of people, there is a flex league that they can sign up for. It's all on the USTA's website. That's really super good. easy to find. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a yeah. great option. Um, and then I just thought about World Team Tennis. That's another league you can join oh, yeah. and you can play. And it has a really interesting format and say that you're playing singles one day and you feel like, you're getting tired and you want to be subbed out, you can be subbed out. So I, I really like that about World Team yeah. Tennis. So there's all these different options to play. 
Yes, yes. Uh, the other thing with World Team is it's really nice that you don't need a lot of people. You only need four players, I think, if I'm correct. I think you need two men and two women. That's right. That's because right. you play women singles, men singles, mixed doubles, and then you play women's doubles, men's doubles. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, I think it you play the right. mix last. I could be saying that but wrong. yeah, but that's that's all you. Yeah, need. the order is yeah, the order might be completely. I mean, I, I didn't say it in order, but but you basically need four players, so right. that gives you a lot of options to have a very small team. You don't need fifteen people. You don't have to find a whole bunch. You could do it with a family. You know, yes. I think it, it goes by rating, so you have to watch your rating. You know, who's who's on the team based on their rating, but the format is very easy to yes. form an entire team out of. Yeah. Yeah. And then you were mentioning to me too, Erin, um, to look on social media that you saw where oh, like yes. people, you could find you a lot of different <laughs> leagues on social media. <laughs> yes. And here's the thing about social media. If you are anti-social media, I completely understand. There's a lot of people that are not interested in being on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, for whatever reason. And I get it. TikTok, you know, all the social medias. But you could literally just go on Instagram.com, find USTA. And what what I mean is like literally USTA, find the national, um, you know, the, the national page on Instagram. And then um, you can find all the state ones on there as well. You could do like USTA, North Carolina, USTA, name a state, USTA something, USTA, California. Um, and oftentimes, because I am on social media, and I follow a lot of tennis on social media, I see so many times where a state or even a local section will say, hey, we're looking for three, three, five, 55 and over players for, you know, a weekend team. So I have seen like, even on a, I mean, I'm sitting here in North Carolina, but I'll see like USTA Georgia post, you know, registration's closing this week, we're looking for three more players or, you know, any, like I've seen it, Many, many times. And remember, we had Yubi on who said he did not. Now, he's a pickle, he's a four or five tennis player, but he's also a pickleball, pl- pickleball player. But he did not get on social media until he, until he started playing pickleball. And that's where he's really found his community. So even if yes. you're anti social media for other reasons, you can be for social media for your tennis passion if you're looking to find competitive teams, social teams, anything. It's all. You know, there's a million Facebook groups for tennis. And and don't be afraid to sign up for a league or to play. I mean, yeah. we're all not very good out there. And I think tennis can be, I think it was Adna that we had on that was a beginner. And she said, tennis can be very intimidating. And signing up for a league can be very intimidating. But, um, you know, it's also fun. Like it's the going to eat with your team, yeah. meeting new people. Yes. I mean, I still get mm-hmm. nervous before every match and I never know how I'm going to play. But it's so much fun. And Erin, I remember your very first match. You told a funny story about what happened to you. Can you tell that again? I think think I even told you that again last week. (laughs) Um, Yes, I I had taken a bunch of lessons and then I was finally ready. I'm like, I'm going to just jump into the deep end, right? So I decided that I was going to sign up for uh, summer summer league thinking it wasn't very competitive, which it wasn't way back then when I started, it was super fun. Everyone was like playing on the team with their friend, you know, picking a team to play on based on playing with their friend rather than like, you know, a a captain that had just, you know, wanted them on their team for whatever reason. So I was playing and um, yeah, my very first match was um, I think I lost six Oh six one 
maybe 6060. I don't know. I have to go back. <laughs> and then the ladies were so nice and said, hey, do you guys want to stick around and hit a little longer? And I thought, that's so nice of them. Right. But what I realized, you know, years later was they just didn't get a very long workout. So they just wanted <laughs> to hit the ball a little bit longer. But they were very sweet about it. And I was so proud of myself for doing something really outside my comfort zone. Yes. And it was very nerve wracking. I mean, you're going in there and you, even if nobody, nobody is putting pressure on you, but you're going to put pressure on yourself thinking now I'm competing. I have to like, I'm either going to win or lose a match, right? Right. You're putting yourself in a situation. You're either going to come out the winner or the loser, but, um, and it is nerve wracking, but I felt so proud of myself even after my 6061 or 6060 loss. (laughs) And because it was in the middle of the day in the summer, instead of celebrating with like, you know, a mimosa or a, a drink, I went and like, I don't know, had an iced coffee or something, but I was proud of myself. I was really excited that I played my first USTA match. Yeah. And you should And then be. each one does get a little easier. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I think too, that you're then surrounding yourself with, especially if you start as a beginner, like a T5, you're surrounding yourself yeah. with other people that are willing to step outside their comfort zones. So you meet yes. these amazing people that are willing to try new things and to, you know, get out there and possibly lose 6060, but you can't lose worse than 6060. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, <laughs> we've exactly. all lost that way. And, and there's, there you go. Yeah. And every match might be going up from there, right? That's right. (laughs) Set the bar low. You're going to be excited when you get even a a game or two, you know, a a couple matches later. Yeah. So don't be afraid to get out there and try it. Yeah. And I think um, you said something earlier about tennis can be intimidating. And it really can. And I think that's why I'm really excited that I know it's been a few years where USTA has tried to push this National Tennis Month, you know, May being the National Tennis Month. And I think it is really important for it to be, you know, a big month uh, to to push people to, again, maybe outside their comfort zones to push them into either getting back into playing or starting to play. Um, but it shouldn't be intimidating. It should, people should understand it is, you are supposed to be out there playing for fun. Um, and I think that's, you know, I really think that it's a great thing that what USTA is doing to, to push, you know, awareness of the sport. If you have any other ideas on how people can find or sign up for social or competitive leagues, please let us know. You can message us on our website, which is secondservepodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening and hope to see you on the court soon. <laughs>